Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Insurance fraud. Well, it's big business for the crooks and big losses for consumers, for insurance companies. Anytime our industries are robbed by the crooks, it's taking it out of our pocket. We're going to talk about insurance fraud, what it is, how to avoid it. And we have an expert with us today. His name is Jim Quiggle. He's the Senior Director of Communications for the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud. And I know many of you have heard Jim on our program before. He's always got interesting things to tell us, telling us about the Insurance Hall of Shame. Um, mind you, that's shame, not fame. And boy, I'll tell you, there's some shameful people in that. Uh, anyway, Jim, welcome to Of Consuming Interest. Thank you, Shirley. It's always great to be here with you. Okay, now, um, let's just talk about the current situation right now and tell me, have you all seen changes in how insurance fraud is perpetrated since we're having less human contact and people are doing more phone contact, more computer contact, and so on? Are there changes in the way the fraud is perpetrated and how consumers are approached by the fraudsters? Well, Shirley, as, as you may know, um, we went through a large period, four or five months, of every imaginable COVID-19 scam you can even dream of. People were, were peddling uh, fake uh, vaccinations. They were, uh, they were peddling fake cures. They were peddling fake treatments. Some of the treatments even had things like industrial bleach in them or, 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 or herbs, things like that, that were patently bogus. Um, you would see pop-up tents on the sitting on the side on the sidewalks. Uh, crooks were pretending they were officials of, of the localities and were peddling on-site testing, which really all this was designed to try to steal people's identities. The, the goal was this: okay, uh, you, you need this test if you're going to live, and so just give us your uh, Medicare number or your insurance number or your, your credit card number, and we'll take care of the rest. But you really need this test. So there was a huge raft of identity theft scams that really pulled a lot of people in. Uh, there were a lot of robocalls, uh, peddling cures and, and treatments. And it, it, was, it was just shameful what was happening around the US. People were so vulnerable. Um, so authorities eventually began to get control of this. There were enough complaints, enough people were, were mad, they were reporting them to the, to the authorities. So we're beginning to see those uh, COVID-19 pandemic scams begin to decline. Um, I think really, Shirley, we're on the cusp of something potentially new. What is that? Uh, potentially is telemedicine. Um, telemedicine, as many of you know, is the new bright, shiny object. It's remaking healthcare as we know it today, uh, with people going hand, arm's length uh, in terms of their medical treatments and they're staying at home. They can't get to the doctor's office. They can't get to, to their physical therapy. They can't get to their, their chiropractor. So what's happening, um, a, a lot of providers are giving these sessions through audio, and through video. And this is providing a huge opportunity for scammers to try to bilk uh, honest consumers. Um, it's really, it's a lot, what, what these scammers are beginning to do, we're, we're worried that we're on the cusp of this. Um, 
medical providers might bill you your insurance policy for a whole hour of, of, of treatment. Maybe it's a physical therapy you know, done by video or it's an exam for, for different conditions um, that you can do by video. Well, guess what? They might do a two minute quickie, but then bill your policy for a full hour. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, Jim, can I just go back to the one thing that you said about the COVID and that was the people setting up these testing sites. So that's something that people should still be very careful about though, isn't it? Even though we seem to have peaked out on COVID frauds, it seems to me like that's one that would, would be very, very tempting and probably ongoing right now. Well, surely that, that's a very good point. Even though the scams may be beginning to fade, they're still out there. They're still right. I wanted to make here. I wanted to make that point so that our our listeners would know. Don't feel comfortable that that street corner uh, testing site might be legit because you really need to check it out. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you on the telemedicine. I think the telemedicine thing is a fascinating area because there's nothing. There is absolutely nothing more precious to us than our medical identity. And this would allow people to steal our medical identity if the information gets in the wrong hands. Now, do you see as part of that fraud, Jim, you're, you're talking about the overbilling. Do you see as part of the, the telemedicine trend that we're going to have more fraud from hacking and people stealing insurance information that way? Well, certainly there's a very question, there is a question about how vulnerable the, the various uh, uh, audio and video portals, uh, medical portals are to, to, to hacking. Um, you, you know that, that there are nefarious uh, crimings that are trying to figure out how to hack these things. And once you're into the system, uh, you, you may be able to have access to people's uh, insurance accounts. So that's something that always has to be, uh, that medical providers uh, always have to be vigilant about. But even that said, uh, there's, there's opportunities for scammers to try to recruit people, especially seniors. And we've seen examples of call centers, and this is before the pandemic, but it could happen now. Call centers in, in, in countries around the world were, were phoning seniors and trying to, re to recruit them for audio and video uh, exams for things like you know cancer and, and you know DNA propensities to cancer, uh, you know to heart conditions and other conditions, and so the, the seniors were thinking, oh, this is great. Um, I, I get myself a free test and, and free exam. So so the doctors would give them token five minute exams, and they'd have all of their medical billing information in their hot little hands, and they could use that information to just continuously bill the seniors uh, Medicare or otherwise or other health care accounts. This was nefarious. We were seeing scams that were reaching a billion dollars or more. That's with a capital B. Now, if this was, wow. happening, before, no, if this was happening before COVID, uh, the pandemic, imagine what the opportunities still might be today for these same kinds of fraud rates. They're so well, good. You know, you know, Jim, what happens here and what we have to think of is people think of fraud as insurance fraud. Oh, that's just okay. That's no big deal. Well, You've just pointed out how big a deal it is. And, and you know, consumers, I know you all have done surveys and found that consumers don't get too bent out of shape about insurance fraud because they don't think it comes directly out of their pocket. Well, it does. I mean, ultimately it does. 
it defrauds all of us, whether you are a personal victim or not. So I just wanted to say that, had to say that, Jim, you know me, I got to get my bit in here. Let me just, uh, let me just take a brief pause here to let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Jim Quiggle. He's the Senior Director of Communications with the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud. And we're talking about what is, uh, I hate to say, a hot new trend out there, which is telemedicine and how it is uh, open to fraud. And you know what you were saying, Jim, about the, the cooks, the fraudsters getting access to people's personal information and the amount of billions of dollars that are being lost to this type of fraud. You know, that's just like unlocking the bank door, isn't it? And saying to the cooks, oh, go take it. We've got to be very careful. How, and maybe this is not your area of expertise, but how do we tell consumers to protect themselves? Now, if you get a call and somebody's going offering you a really inexpensive medical test, you should say no. Give me the parameters and how do consumers protect themselves? Well, I think you as a consumer, an informed consumer, need to understand the warning signs of a scam. A big warning sign is when you get a call from somebody you don't know, a stranger, and they say that they'd like to have you take interview, have an exam with a doctor that you've never met before or another provider you've never met before and it's going to be free of charge and um, we will give you uh, free uh, back braces or other equipment or, or free medical you know DNA test to test for heart conditions. The moment you, you're getting calls from strangers for strange doctors um, for exams uh, completely out of the blue, don't even bother with these people because you can bet your bottom dollar that there's something really fishy going on and that that could cost you a lot of money down the road. Well, we have to be very careful about our our personal uh, health information because if you end up the victim of uh, uh, identity fraud of your health records, you're in big trouble when you go to the hospital and there's things on your record that belong to somebody else who stole your identity and used it and you didn't even know it. So um, that's, well, Shirley, that's that, a real that, problem. Yeah, well, excellent point, Shirley. I'll, I'll share one or two more quick pointers for okay. your listeners. Really important. Um, even in regular medicine, as well as telemedicine, check your monthly billing statements. If you start seeing that you're being billed for telemedicine sessions with the doctor on, on days that you, you were shopping, at the grocery, on, at times on days when you were shopping at the grocery store, uh, be, you, that's a warning signal that you may be overbilled. If you know you had a 15-minute session, but suddenly you were being billed for three 45-minute sessions, and on your bill, uh, that too is a warning signal. So you, you need to pay attention to your bills, uh, but at the same time as you do as you did even before the the uh, crisis. Good point. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> sometimes people don't like to keep track of their insurance and what, what's being charged against it, but it is really important. You make that point. That's a very valid point. Now, so consumers, there are several hallmarks to look for. You're being offered something that's free, attractive by someone you don't know. And generally, is that going to come in on a phone call or do, do you see this uh, going through and people going to websites that are supposedly offering 
free medical advice or you know talking about medicines and whatnot is it through all of those means well certainly there are fishy medical websites out there and you really have to be very careful especially if, if they're offering you free telemedicine sessions um, so far we've seen most of the action on, on the telephone because it's easy to hire for crooks to hire a, a phone firm to just robo dial a people for you know for hours at a time, and you you can reach hundreds and hundreds of people that way. Um, yeah, and I and I I've heard them call me. I've had people call me up and say, "Well, we know that you're in pain, Shirley," and I'm going, "Huh? Well, I don't probably don't use my name, but um, we know you're in pain, and we want to help you with your back pain or your knee pain or whatever." And you know, mostly I say to them, "Well, you're in pain," and I hang up. Um, but, but there are people who are vulnerable and if you are experiencing difficulties, I think we're even more, you know, especially in a time where we're isolated more than ever, um, that sort of thing. We're more vulnerable, I believe, to frauds than we are in the general circumstances when we're out there having a more lively social life. Does that, I don't know if your experience show that or not. No, Shirley, I think that's a very good point um, because people are on edge, they're nervous. Um, it's easy to let your guard down in, in a time like this because you, you, you just have too much on your mind and too many worries um, about your family and your, your business and other things. So now more than ever, you have to keep your guard up, especially for fishy deals, whether it's mm -hmm. robocalls, um, whether it's, it's the strange calls from strangers, or whether it's just paying attention to your bills to make sure that you're being properly and, 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 and honestly billed for your, your audio and video telemed sessions. Well, how do we know now, uh, how do we know, let's say it's our legitimate doctor and we know that this is our doctor's office calling us and we set up a, uh, a telemed session, which I refuse to do. I say, no, you can call me on the phone. I'm not doing this over the internet. But a lot of people do, and you've got all this information floating around. How can you be sure that the people who are examining you over the internet are secure on their end? I mean, that that to me is a big issue as well. Do you all address that at the coalition? Well, you know, I, I think that the question is this: ask your provider how you know what encryption they're using. I mean, you're not a technical expert, and there's not a whole lot that you can physically do mm -hmm. beyond uh, at being absolutely certain with your provider that this is a highly encrypted site. You, um, you're not a technical expert. That's that's the one disadvantage. And fortunately, we're we're not seeing the high level of hacking uh, yet, but we're very concerned that it will start happening as more crooks start understanding, you know, looking how to penetrate these, these telemed uh, portals. And realizing what they can get from it. Well, they not only can use the information to defraud the insurance companies, but they can also use the information to come back to us with phony offers of help and assistance and everything else. Well, once they have their clutches and their grubby little hands on, on all your insurance and other personal and financial information, um, uh, you, you could be in a heap of trouble. So you, you need to be careful from the get-go when it comes yeah. to health. Let's just take a brief pause. Time is flying by, Jim. Uh, let's just take a brief pause to let our listeners know they're tuned into of consuming interest. 
I'm Shirley Rooker, and my guest is Jim Quiggle. He's the Senior Director of Communications for the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud. And we're talking about some of the new things that are going on. And we've been talking about telemedicine. What do you see? Are there other areas that you think of we're going to see more of? I mean, we've talked in the past about a lot of the things, the way crooks rip us off. You know, everything from the staged car accidents to... Um, actually an insurance fraud that can cost people their lives. We've talked about that. Now, do you all have a new hall of shame and are there some noted characters out there that we should talk about? Well, surely the masters of disasters live again. They, they breed and they, they live and they are, are very active on the insurance fraud fund. The coalition has dishonored um, the newest no class of 2020 <laughs> Uh, Hall of Shamers. They are the mea culprits of the year, the worst scammers of 2020. I love the way you put that, Jim. <laughs> that was a good one. Go ahead. Well, I, I think the fact is, our, our message is no insurance fraud before insurance fraud knows you. Why should that be? Well, just look at some of the scammers that happened. There's a fellow named Richard Belaski. He lied that he was a decorated Navy SEAL who saved his buddies in, uh, in Beirut, Lebanon during combat, and that he got a silver star for it. In fact, he never served in the SEALs. He didn't serve in the Navy. He, he had no military credentials to speak of, but he still embedded an entire identity as a Navy SEAL who was gravely injured in combat. Why? Because guess what? He gets, gets $300,000 of federal disability claims for his wounds and PTSD. Oh what my gosh, and that should be going to somebody who deserves it. Well, in, in fact, uh, real veterans who really were wounded had to sit in line because his condition was considered and, and, and his status was considered so significant that he went to the front of the line while, while real vets had to wait for, for their own treatment. That is horrible. I mean, these people are really audacious. It, it, it just boggles my mind. What about some of your other notorious characters? Well, just imagine uh, you're an addict. You're a, an addicted uh, young person or addicted older person. You, you come to a rehab facility to try to get clean and sober and turn your life around. So what happens? Christopher Betham uh, ran a rehab network. Instead of helping people get better, he actually doled out drugs to them so they'd get worse. Why? Well, the more rehab they need, the more he can keep billing insurance companies. Not only that, but he actually fed drugs to women patients. And then while they were under the influence, trying to fight addiction, he sexually assaulted them. This was a $175 million scam in California. I, I'm, it kind of takes my breath away what these people do. And then there are people who are victimizing people and taking on insurance policies on family members and then blowing them up or sinking their boats or doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, that we've talked about in the past. What about some of your other notorious characters? Shirley, just think about this. Uh, you go to Dr. Jorge Zamora Quezada. He's in Texas. Um, he's, a, he, he's an arthritis expert. And he tells you that you've got a significant and irreversible uh, arthritis condition that will be, be degenerating for years. Uh, you're in severe depression over the whole thing. 
And he says he can give you a chance. So he doses you up with, with painful chemo and other top, top and other very toxic treatments. Um, he does this again and again. You're getting weaker and worse and worse. And then it turns out you didn't need these treatments at all. You didn't have the arthritis that he said. He was simply lying to you about degenerative arthritis so he could steal $325 million of insurance money with treatments that people didn't need. This is really appalling. I mean, can you imagine the pain that he put these people through and perhaps made them sick in the long run? Oh, he made them absolutely sick. And, and he, these people were suffering clinical depression and despair. It, it was just horrible what they went through and they didn't have to go through it at all. Because yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I can think how you going to a doctor, you've been told you've got a severe condition. The doctor is supposedly helping you. And the next thing you know, you're getting worse and worse. Uh, yeah, that would that would lead to depression. There's no question about it. What about some of your other characters? I think, what do you do normally? You pick out some about the top 10 of the most notorious examples of insurance fraud? No, we, we actually do. Um, we, we have a long list of candidates, and we, we just have to choose the worst of the worst. Um, there, for, I'll give you another really good example. There's a woman who lied that she fell sick from tainted food, and she started sending these letters to, uh, to restaurants demanding money uh, for food that she lied had made her sick. In fact, she didn't get sick at all. All she did was, was claim that she got sick so she could try to steal nearly $400,000 from restaurants and, and, and food companies. She, she faked medical records saying that she, she grew ill. She actually pretended she was sick of sick family members and, and assumed their identities and, and hired lawyers to, to, make, uh, uh, to write letters to these companies demanding food, I mean, demanding uh, insurance payouts. She, for, she forged hospital records saying that she was sick. This alone is sick enough, let alone the, the, you know, let alone her medical condition, which didn't exist. Oh my. You know, it, it, it really does amaze me sometimes. These people are so creative. Why don't they put that to good work and do something responsible in the world? But I guess it's the appeal of what they think is gonna be an easy buck. Well, I'm hoping all of those people that you've described to us, Jim, end up doing a long time behind bars. And I hope they get all the money taken away from them too. So, um, you know, it's that's not right. Tell people, we're, we're just about at the end of our program, tell people how they can get in touch with you and when they can, how they can go read the Hall of Shame. And it is something they really need to do. Well, Shirley, you can always go to insurancefraud.org for all you need to know about uh, scams, uh, consumer alerts, uh, the, the warning signals to watch out for. Th this is insurancefraud.org is your all-purpose hub for everything you need to know about insurance fraud and how to protect yourself from all kinds of scams. Well, I will tell you, Jim, I, you, I've known you for many, many years, and it continues to fascinate me what people do. And to appall, I find it appalling what they do in terms of trying to rip off insurance companies and in turn rip us off and kill people in the process. So uh, I'm glad you all are out there fighting the good fight. 
the the website is insurancefraud.org. Now, the coalition is a nonprofit group, so um, keep that in mind too when you visit and use their website. But Jim, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on what's going on in the insurance world. Unfortunately, there's always something to talk about, so we're glad that you all are out there and fighting the good fight. Jim, uh, you've been listening to Jim Quiggle here. Uh, he's the senior director of communications with the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud. I'm Shirley Rooker. You've been listening to us on the Federal News Network. You can reach me at Shirley at callforaction.org. Thank you for joining us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.